KTAR News, without a home. The number of people living on the streets or in shelters rose by more than 70% in the last six years here in the Valley. And that's why today we kick off our special series on this issue. KTAR's Taylor Tesler has the numbers and tells us how we got to this point. Nearly 8,200 people in Maricopa County experienced homelessness in March, and that number is going up. That, according to the Maricopa Association of Governments Quarterly Trends Report. Katie Gentry with MAG adds many people are experiencing homelessness for the first time. In March, we saw 1,240 people experiencing homelessness for the first time. So that's about 15% of people experiencing homelessness in the system. But those aren't the only numbers on the rise. We have continued to see an increase specifically Specifically in older adults experiencing homelessness, we've continued to see that rise 21% since March of 2022. Gentry attributes this to rising costs of living. We are hearing anecdotally that a lot of those folks are because they are on a fixed income and can no longer afford their rent. These increasing numbers didn't happen overnight. Gentry explains it's been nearly a decade in the making. 2014 was the first year that we started seeing kind of this dramatic increase, and that's really when Arizona started to come out of the 2008 recession. Fast forward to 2018, when the state's rapid growth began. When you're seeing more businesses come to Arizona, that us having the fastest growing population starting to happen, that is when that buckling really started to occur of more people starting to experience homelessness at a faster rate. Then came the strain on the housing supply, leading to rising rents in Maricopa County. Over the last five years, we've seen rents increase 68%, and that's just not keeping up with how folks are able to live. And so we're here anecdotally, my rent raised $500. How am I supposed to afford that? Gentry stresses there are multiple factors contributing to people experiencing homelessness, but if there isn't enough affordable housing, there's nowhere for people to go. She compares this to a game of musical chairs. There's nine chairs, but 10 people in the game, and the person that loses is somebody who is on crutches and has a broken foot. And if you ask him on an individual level, why did you lose musical chairs? He'll say, because I had a broken foot. But ultimately, he lost because there wasn't a 10th chair for somebody to go into. Which Lisa Glow, CEO of Central Arizona Shelter Services, underscores. We have an unhoused crisis. We don't have enough housing. Glow adding the data from MAG reflects what she's seeing in the shelters. This last year, we served 30% more people than we served the year before. We saw increases in service to our seniors, to our chronically homeless, to our veterans, to our youth. 21% of those served were experiencing homelessness for the first time. 26% were 55 and older, and 35% were chronically homeless. We've continued to have increased demand every year, and the pandemic definitely had an impact. CAS is a low barrier shelter, meaning people don't need to be clean and sober or have an income to stay. We want to meet them where they're at so they can get off the streets. That really is what low barrier is, making it easy to get in, encouraging people to come off the streets. Glow explains the amount of time people stay in one of the shelters varies from more than a month to only a few days. But the length of stays have increased since the pandemic. And part of that is because there aren't enough places to go back. Rents have gone up. Affordable housing access has gone down. So it's a pretty simple equation. People are staying longer because there's not enough housing. These longer stays put an emphasis on the need for more transitional housing. We can't build the permanent housing fast enough. That's a real challenge. So we've got to have more of the temporary places. Both Gentry and Glow believe keeping people in their homes can help mitigate the rising numbers. But ultimately, homelessness to this magnitude requires a long-term and collaborative solution.
It's a solution that just the homeless response system cannot solve alone. We need help from faith leaders, business leaders, the community as a whole to say, what can you do individually to ensure that we are helping to address individual issue, but as a system, a system issue. Taylor Tesler, KTAR News. You can read, watch, and listen to more of our special series without a home by going to the KTAR News app, or you can go to ktar.com slash homeless, and our special series will continue all week long. Without a home, a KTAR News special series on homelessness in the Valley. The pandemic and Arizona's housing shortage, a devastating duo that fueled the state's explosive growth of homelessness. The nation's homeless population grew by 1% from 20 to 22. Arizona saw a 23% spike. A report from Arizona Town Hall last year, which you can find at KTAR.com, had an enormous amount of input from a wide variety of voices, including those who've actually lived the experience, along with business, community, elected leaders, nonprofits, and others. Suzanne Feaster, president and CEO of Vitalist Health Foundation, serves on the board of Arizona Town Hall. We know that if we want to build healthy communities, we need to have the coordination. Housing is health care. Food is medicine. And so understanding that in the deepest way can really lead to success. And Feaster says it's not poverty and mental illness mainly driving the higher homeless numbers. It was largely skyrocketing rental prices, and that especially took a toll on seniors living on fixed incomes. Those vulnerable people have less um, flexibility to endure when there are price hikes, but we've had as much as 20 and 40 percent rent increases. And think about someone in their 60s uh, that's on a fixed income how, who may have lived in that same apartment for 15, 20 years and suddenly is facing a 40% rate increase. There's literally nowhere to go. And this wasn't just limited to seniors. While rents were skyrocketing, paychecks weren't, and that forced many people out of their homes and onto the streets. The average, the median uh, rent right now is 1400 So literally twice what someone who is making minimum wage is so all of our service workers in in Arizona are probably making a little bit over minimum wage, but they certainly can't afford $1,400 a month in rent. So we have a structural deficit uh, of that workforce housing. These are people who are working. Uh, we have homeless people who are working. Uh, you know, they just can't pay that first and last month's rent and uh, keep it consistent. But there are thousands of people at work doing everything possible to tackle homelessness, and Feaster says there's a lot of innovation going on to address the statewide problem. We've got some elementary schools that are putting housing on that extra soccer field, along with social services. We've got several community colleges that are looking at the same thing. Uh, you're seeing a growth in what they uh, one company is called boxables, which are, are or manufactured high tech, manufactured homes that could be like a casita in the backyard. So we're working with cities to make sure uh, the ideal would be every city ha- allows what they're called accessory dwelling units. So I could build something in my backyard, whether it's for my family or. 
if I want rental income, but it's small, but it allows that flexibility because not everybody needs a single family home. And she's optimistic about what lies ahead. I don't know that it will be solved. I don't know that we'll ever be able to have zero homeless people, but I want everybody to have the chance to have the wraparound services they need. Jim Cross, KTAR News. More than 20% of the total homeless population in Maricopa County is under the age of 24. KTAR's Ballin Overstoltz tells us about a new transitional living facility for youth experiencing homelessness in day three of our week-long Without a Home series. The uniqueness of the program is that they go into the schools and provide the services. A new transitional living facility for unaccompanied youth experiencing homelessness is open in central Phoenix, and we're learning from the helpers and youth on its impact. They say it feels like family here. Also, the mother of a family who recently became homeless says her family has found stability, and a local case manager tells us how these experiences affect kids and teens. Here are their stories. She said just pack your stuff and go. Benjamin Johnson is an eight. 18-year-old cross-country runner. The only long-distance runner with asthma. And despite facing homelessness, Benjamin recently graduated from high school. Earlier this year, his adoptive mother kicked Benjamin and his twin brother out after she learned they had contacted their biological father. We really had nowhere to go. So my mind was just like discombobulated because I'm like, is this really happening? After staying with another family and spending one night on the streets, Benjamin and his brother got connected with the nonprofit Homeless Youth Connection through their school. The two are now living at HYC's transitional housing facility. Don Bogart with the nonprofit says this is an example of their process at work. We work with all of the different school liaisons and they're the ones that identify the kids and it really is not having a safer stable space at night. The nonprofit's overall goal is to keep at-risk homeless youth near their school to help them graduate. Meaning they can go to the football games and the basketball games and you know participate in band or drama or student council chances of them staying more engaged in high school is dramatically increased. HYC provides them with a stocked kitchen, laundry room, case management, and rides to and from school and practice. That is a lifesaver for students. Most of all, I'm just like really appreciative I have a bed to stay in, you know. Bogart believes this approach sets teens like Benjamin up for success in the long run and helps to keep them out of chronic homelessness. And while these services helped Benjamin make it to graduation, his story is far from over. Man, like Kobe said, job's not finished. So when people ask me about graduation, yeah, I'm excited, but... I got places to be. But there are other youth navigating the stress of homelessness with their families. Typically, we do try to help and assist our families get housed within like their 90 days. That's Ashley Abbott from Valley Nonprofit, UMOM. She's the case manager for Dementia Reales, who came to UMOM with her five kids and husband. One family felt like letting us stay with them, we would stay with them. And now we would, you know, hotels. That's what I'm saying. Our children were everywhere. She says her biggest concern for her kids was a lack of stability, which could affect their ability to get to school. They had to think about that. Where were they going to lay their head at? You know, we would try not to to stress them or show them, but they're, you know, at that age to where they know. Abbott from UMOM says for these families, teens have to step up and take on more responsibility. They're teenagers. They're thinking about going out, you know, with their friends or wanting to do stuff outside of shelter. But they also understand still, like, we're in a shelter and we don't want to be here. 
She explains in other situations, youth aren't just stepping up, but have to act as adults themselves. But other kids struggle under these circumstances. Whoa, like, why are you, why are you treating your family, your siblings and your parents like that? You know, and some kids will go into detail like, well, we were treated like this back then. She says as kids connect with services like the Boys and Girls Club they offer and case management, behavior improves. For dementia, being at UMOM gives her family a break from the worries. They see it as their home. Okay, we're going to go to school, but we have somewhere to go. Abbott believes keeping families together improves outcomes for everyone when that is an option. But as we learned from HYC, it's not always on the table. In both cases, however, a stable home and access to education are two big factors that lead to a successful future. Bowen Overstoll's KTAR News. You can read, watch, and listen to more of our special series without a home by going to the KTAR News app or at ktar.com slash homeless. And stay right where you are following the KTAR noon news expansion. We'll have a special roundtable as our Without a Home series continues, hosted by Arizona Morning News anchor Jamie West and ABC 15 anchor Javier Soto. That begins immediately following following the KTAR Noon News Expansion. KTAR News, without a home. The number of veterans experiencing homelessness increased 20% in Maricopa County over the last year, compared to a 7% rise among the total population. For many of these veterans, joining the military is like joining a family. And for those struggling with homelessness, it can be hard to trust anyone outside of it, even to get help. It's a sense of isolation from the rest of the country. Chuck Ashby is the Veterans Outreach Coordinator at Catholic Charities Manor House, an organization that provides transitional housing. But maybe more importantly, he's a vet himself. When he sees me, we speak a particular language. It was all through the psychic change that occurred when we all went through basic training. That's not the only language that helps him relate. I also speak recovery from homelessness, and I speak recovery from drugs. And all of those things hook up and you have a spiritual understanding that occurs. Ashby's been sober for 18 years after the VA helped him get treatment, and now he's helping others find the same success. Some of those vets come home with a lot of things going on. You know, it's a, it's a difficult situation. War is tough. So they come through with PTSD and, you know, bad habits that lead to bad circumstances. George Campbell with the Arizona Housing Coalition helps to host statewide stand-down events where dozens of organizations join to connect vets with resources such as housing support, legal assistance, and treatment programs. Tom Grotto was one of those vets looking for help after getting priced out of his rent. It's a shock. You're in for an eye-opener. All them things you take granted for ain't there. <laughs> they are not there. And Ashby says while the situation seems dire, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Very slowly, the city and the county and other governmental agencies are putting money into it, but they're putting money into organizations that work directly with it. Colton Krulak, KTAR News. Coming up in just about eight minutes, more on the White House response to veteran homelessness from an exclusive KTAR interview. And in just a moment, more from our continuing focus on homelessness here in the Valley. Without a home. A KTAR News special series on homelessness in the Valley.
Homelessness can be difficult to escape, but success stories can inspire hope for those struggling. Fighting homelessness requires the work of many professionals, government organizations, and volunteers. And no one knows that better than Samantha Jackson. She's the Community Engagement and Development Director for Valley of the Sun United Way, a Maricopa County nonprofit. Really what we are is we're connectors. We've got incredible partnerships with shelters, with organizations who do provide the rental and utility assistance or diversion or help with transportation. And the organization has set a serious goal to reduce the population of people experiencing homelessness by 50% by 2026. There are a few areas they've identified as important to reducing homelessness. Prevention is a big key. If there is a possibility with rental assistance or utility assistance to keep somebody in their home, we want to make that happen. And she says more shelter space and housing in general is a necessity. There's just not enough supply overall, so there are aren't enough shelter beds. There aren't enough kind of transitional or bridge housing, places that are considered kind of rapid rehousing. There's not enough permanent supportive housing. That being said, there are still success stories when someone experiencing homelessness can get the help they need. A good example is John Merkel, a shelter support staffer with Central Arizona Shelter Services, or CAS, who was once homeless himself. I equate it to being uh, you know, at the bottom of this huge hole that I dug for myself. Merkel spent several years in shelters. I ended up a cast about three years ago or so. I had lost my wallet with my ID in it. I didn't have my birth certificate. I couldn't get a job. I was wearing contact lenses at the time and I didn't have any lenses left. So I'm like partially blind. And he also faced some more difficult conditions. Maybe I was on the street for like a grand total of maybe two weeks or so. And that's crazy. You know, growing up, I, I never imagined I was going to be sleeping on a park bench. Merkel explains just how difficult getting out of homelessness can be. When you're in a shelter environment, you're in quicksand you're doing everything you can to keep your head above water you know just not to drown things like you know finding a job and doing the other things that you need to do those things kind of get put on the back burner because you're just trying to survive then there's the difficulty of getting out of a shelter and looking for options like section 8 housing it takes forever to get a voucher first of all then you have to go out and you have to find somebody that will accept that voucher i was given a list of numbers but i had to call 38 of them i mean how does somebody who doesn't have that list how do they do it those barriers can be very daunting, as Merkel realized while staying at a cast shelter. I was here and, and I, I found myself laying in bed one night and I'm just like staring up at the ceiling and I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to get out of this thing? I don't know what I'm going to do. But he persevered thanks to the help of his caseworker. Things started looking up. He got his own room at Cass's Project Haven shelter and was able to build on that stability. Now he works with people experiencing homelessness who are in the same spot he was. And he hopes to one day be a caseworker himself. I'll tell him, you know, I was you three and a half years ago. And they're really receptive, like, wow, you know, a couple of guys have given me hugs, you know, and hopefully in a way be an inspiration to them to show them that, you know, if I can do it, they can do it too. Luke Forstner, KTAR News. You can read, watch, and listen to more of our special series, Without a Home, on the KTAR News app or at ktar.com slash homeless.